0: In this episode of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall to the Seattle Kraken in overtime by a score of 3-2. to Let's talk about that game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about your Washington Capitals. As they fall to the Seattle Kraken in overtime, picking up a point, but not picking up the needed two points. We'll talk about that in the show. Then we will talk about TJ Oshie dropping the gloves for his homecoming back in Seattle. Then later in the show, we will talk about the myriad of injuries facing this team. You know, there's analytics and statistics out there that show that there's a lot of injuries in the in the NHL, but the Capitals team is facing one of the most, if not the most injuries uh, in the NHL. So we'll talk about that, but just to get it going here, your caps fall in overtime. It was one of the games that I felt promising. I felt like, you know, when I was watching the game, especially in the first period, I thought, well, there we go. This this, this is what, what I was talking about. You know, I was talking with Matt Weirich and he talked about you know, the team that scores first and and the team that gets on the board first, statistically, generally does better. Uh, Alan May always, uh, talked about that in the intermission as well. You know, the team that scores first and blah, blah, blah. Statistics are not always right, as it was proven on uh, the other night there. So the Capitals have got to find a way to slam the door. You know, they got they had the lead in the first period. And if you heard Peter Lovulet talk about it, he said the whole game was garbage. And uh, even the first period after the Capitals were leading after the first period, he said the whole game was garbage and uh, there was nothing that he liked about it. So and I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but um, so the Caps have got to find a way to string together wins. If they want to have any chance of going anywhere, you know, I talked about this, you know, they pick up a big win and then they end up dropping a game. You know, they, they won a big game against the Kraken and then they fall to a formidable opponent in the form of the Seattle Kraken who have won multiple games in a row. I want to say it's up to seven now. So the Capitals have got to find a way to close the door and pick up these big wins against these teams of substance uh, that are formidable right so seattle kraken i wanted they were in second place in the pacific last i checked so that's what they have to do they have to find a way to win these tough games you know it's easy to uh to go into town and play these truly horrible teams and and beat them and that's great you're picking up points you know that at the end of the day that's what it's about picking up points but you got to find a way to to either, you know, to do both actually. String together multiple wins, not just one game, not two games, three games. I mean, take a look at the crack, and there are, it's either six or seven. I don't have that in front of me right now that they've won in a row. That's what I'm talking about. Stringing together six or seven wins. That's a pretty good litmus test for your team to show what kind of team do you have. Is your team worth its salt? Is, the, is it worth you know, is it of substance? And uh, the Capitals, you know, they have a lot of questions that need to be answered. It's still my belief that once Dmitry Orlov returns, and I know he's traveling with the team right now, once he returns, that is the opportunity for Brian McClellan to go, okay, you know, we got Dimitri Orlov and, you know, let him play together for a while. I'm not saying the first game he comes back, but let him play for a while, whatever, however many games that is, and kind of assess it is what is on the ice working. Um, and then if things aren't working, changes got to get made, right? I mean, otherwise, you know, you're going to go down with his ship and, you know, everyone in the, in the spring is going to complain about how it's, you know, an early exit or God forbid, not even to the playoffs at all. Could you imagine gasp caps nation if the pl- capitals don't even make it to the playoffs period? Wow. Heads will roll. Are you right? So that's, that's what I'm talking about. They have to, they have to to figure out a way to to string together wins and and win against games that are you know formidable a formidable opponents and that was the test last night was the Seattle Kraken and they found a way to squander another victory in overtime no less i am just happy that this west coast trip uh is wrapping up here as they do take on the Calgary Flames which i'm not saying is the west coast um, anymore so they're kind of off that most uh uh Pacific type uh, part of their trip here. So next they have the Calgary Flames, who the Capitals beat last time. So hopefully they can find a way to pick up a win there. Then they are off to Edmonton, um, who is going to be a tough opponent. It was the last time the Capitals faced him. You got Seidel and, and Connor McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. There is a lot of big name firepower on that Edmonton Oilers team. So Caps are going to have to pack a lunch when they pay, play that team. It is going to be tough. And then they go and play the Flyers on Wednesday. So it's going to be a tough a tough road ahead for the Capitals, to be sure. But, you know, like I said, this is their opportunity to see what they have in the tank. And if they, you know, if once Orloff comes back and they play for a while and they they don't win any games, you know, I hope they start winning games. But in the event that they don't, then that is the time for Brian McClellan to explore trades, in my opinion. The Capitals um, appeared on their way to their second straight win when the Seattle Kraken broke through, tying it up in the final minutes of regulation and scoring the game winner seven seconds into overtime for a 3-2 to Seattle victory writes NBC Sports Washington. Shots on goal were tough to come by Thursday night, but the Washington Capitals cashed in on its early opportunities with goals from defenseman Martin Ferravari and a winger Connor Sheary. Seattle then held the Capitals scoreless over the final two periods, climbing back into the game with a goal in each of the second and third to force extra time. Again, the defense collapsing. They have to be engaged for the full 60 minutes. Former Cap goalie Philip Grubauer got the win for the Kraken, a team that rosters several skaters who used to play in Washington. The contest was also a homecoming for Washington native T.J. Oshie, who was injured the first time the Caps played in Seattle last season. With a loss, the Capitals moved to 10 11 and four on the season with 24 points toward the Metro division standings. They've picked up a point in two straight and four of the last five. And um, again, you know, they picked up a point. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and say that's the positive from that game. Um, I'm also going to take a positive that TJ Oshie dropped the gloves and stood up for himself. You know, he's not, you know, intrinsically a fighter. He has been in fights, but... Um, you know, I think a bit of that was showboating in front of his family. He said something that he was going out and getting like 30, wanted 30 passes for his family. Uh, so good on him for standing up for himself and and being that team tough uh, for the Washington Capitals out there. Uh, the Caps do see limited scoring opportunities. However, as much as the Capitals have struggled to score this season, they've usually been able to fire off a high number of shots. The Kraken didn't let them barrage Grubauer with the pucks too much, limiting them to 23 shots on goal across the 60 minutes. However, the Capitals managed to convert enough chances to come away with a point, scoring both their goals in unlikely fashion. Faravari, who had just scored his first of the year Wednesday on an empty netter, got the scoring started when Alex Ovechkin was hit while setting up a shot that left the puck in front of Faravari with plenty of space around him, allowing him to set up a powerful slap shot and good for Martin Faravari doing that. You know, he is a good, you know, I'm not going to call him, you know, a two-way defenseman, but he scored a goal there. You know, he has a, a sound, he's a physical presence out there. I like his brand of hockey. You know, he's that tough guy out there. You know, I'm not a Tom Wilson tough guy, but he'll stand up for himself and he'll throw his weight around a little bit. But for him to score and get some offensive production, that was really a good sign. I really like that he was stepping up. And, uh, you know, made the most of his opportunity. I think that some of the guys, when they get the puck, especially defensemen, they kind of get, you like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do with this thing? I'm normally clearing the puck down, but now I have an opportunity to score. What am I going to do? Well, he didn't, you know, get caught up in the moment and he fired it and, and got a goal, you know, his first one was an empty netter, which still requires a certain skill set, you know, try doing it sometime. If you think it's that easy, get on the ice and do it. Um, it's not that easy. And then also, you know, the one last night, you know, he made the most of his opportunity. Like I said, I've seen situations like that where, you know, even though they have a shot, they want to shoot it to someone else because they are, they're so, you know, fearful of, you know, oh, this isn't my position. I'm a defenseman. What am I doing with this thing? So good for Martin Ferravari doing that washington then took a two to nothing lead later in the period when Shiri was the beneficiary of some excellent passing on a power play he received the puck from winger marcus Johansson in the slot and found a lane to score his first power play goal of the year so you know that's the you know the caps did not get the outcome that they were looking for right you know you take a look at the score sheet and it wasn't something that that stands out for it so connor sherry goal Martin Faravari goal. That was all the offensive production. So if you watch the game just briefly, you know, if you saw the first period alone or you saw the first and second period, you thought, well, the Capitals, you know, especially after the first period, I was thinking, you know, this, this is, this is some positive momentum. This is going in the right direction. This is what we're talking about. This is what we want, you know. But then all of a sudden, you know, they took their eyes off the puck and, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, 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 but what happens is they don't play a full. 60 minute game. And, you know, last night was another prime example of that where in the second and especially the third period in overtime, the Capitals took their eye off the puck. And guess what? You know, they got a point in overtime, but they did not pick up the two points that they sorely needed. And uh, that's one of the things that they're going to have to work on going forward here. Is playing that full 60 minutes. And, you know, that's one of the things that you're not saying too, nothing too novel when you talk like that. You know, playing a full 60 minutes, playing a full game. I get that. But that's what the Capitals have to do if they want to have any continued success. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about TJ Oshie dropping the gloves. Who is this tough guy? TJ Oshie dropping the gloves. Are you kidding me? We'll talk about that next. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now, I've been taking it for several months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things. Now I personally use it because I have young children at home and if you have young children at home, you can relate that sometimes you need that extra boost of energy. It's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in the all-in-one nutritional service to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of a more immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we're talking about Oshi dropping the gloves. You know, not a, you know, I was talking to the top, not intrinsically a tough guy out there, but, you know, playing in front of family and friends. I think that he felt the the need to kind of show off and say, I am this tough guy. You know, I'm going to make this big hit. And then when someone answers to me, I'm going to drop the gloves and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fight him. And he did that. Oh, born in Everett, Washington, played his first ever NHL game in his home state Thursday and found himself in the middle of a fight halfway into the first period. Kraken center Yanni Gord wasn't pleased with a hit. Oshie laid on winger Brandon Tanev, yelling through a scrum of players for him to drop the gloves. He obliged. Um, and, And you can see the fight online. It is quite interesting. It's on NBC Sports Capitals. The fight ended up being a lengthy one where both players exchanged blows before referees broke it up because they skated into the Kraken bench. Oshie and Gord have a history engaging in a fight during their first round-robin game in the 1920 playoffs back when Gord played for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oshie doesn't fight too often. According to Hockey Fights, Tuesday's bout marked just his 10th ever across the preseason, regular season, and playoffs. But with many of his family and friends in attendance, the 36-year-old didn't shy away from getting tangled up with Gord. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, one of the things, you know, you have to kind of answer the bell. If you're going to be uh, that tough guy, then that's what you have to be. And, uh, in this case, that's what TJ Oshie was, you know, like I talked about, he was playing in front of his family. He was playing in front of his friends. He wanted to be the tough guy, you know, that I'm going to drop the gloves and, uh, I'm going to show this guy what, you know, who's boss. And, um, I guess watching the fight, there wasn't a whole lot to it. You know, it was more of like a, a welterweight, you know, both of the guys aren't terribly, you know, incredibly large hulking guys. So there wasn't a lot of force, I guess I would say behind those punches. But, you know, I would say that T.J. Oshi held his own. And, um, you know, oftentimes you hear people talking about fighting in the NHL and does it play a role? Well, it does, you know, and, and to an outsider, I've had to explain it to outsiders they'll say, well, why does the ref just stop, get in and stop the fight? Because, you know, they're, to an outsider, I suppose it doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't see a lot of baseball players dropping the gloves or you don't see a lot of football players dropping the gloves too often. But what it's about is there it's a physical game, right? And I know it's not the only physical game out there, but in this case, you know, there's checking and forechecking and backchecking and there's a lot of physical activity, right? Um, so in that tempers flare, in this case, T.J. Oshi laid out a hit that a player on their team felt was unjust. So he fought, you know, how else are you going to handle these situations? There's testosterone. These guys are playing with pride. There t- some of them are tough guys out there that are just itching for the opportunity to fight. Uh, in this case, you know, hitting is part of, of the sport. Like I said, it's checking and forecheck and all this kind of stuff. And that's what T.J. Oshie did is he laid out a, a hit, you know, like I said, the Kraken viewed that as being out of line. So they dropped the gloves, you know, they wanted to fight and that's what you have to do. So, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's not the science of rockets. All it is, is, you know, someone, you push someone too hard And they said, hey, you pushed me too hard. And the other guy's like, I didn't push you too hard. You can't handle it. And then guess what? They're going back and forth and back and forth. And that's how you fight. That's why you see fights in bars. That's why you see fights in schools. It's nothing that crazy. So for people outside of sports or outside of the NHL realm to look at it and go, well, what is going on? Why are they fighting? This doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it really does. If you just look at it, it's not like, it's um, boxing or the MMA where they're getting into a ring and they're dinging a bell and they start fighting. There's something behind it, is the reason that they're fighting. It's not nothing that crazy, but oftentimes I will hear from people, why don't they get rid of fighting altogether? I, I, I just, for me, uh, I really don't know how that would work. You know, you'd have to eliminate a lot of different things checking uh, for checking, back checking, all these things, uh, you know, laying out hits in the corner, uh, unless you subtract everything from, you know, out of the equation, there's going to be fighting. It's just the nature of the beast. You don't fight every time that you get hit, but you know, it's a team tough thing. You know, if you, for example, say Nick Backstrom or see, say, for example, Capitals fans, you know, bring it into focus here. Say someone just really smacked into Alex Ovechkin and he was face down into the ice, blood coming from his face do you think there's someone on the Washington Capitals team that would want retribution for that? Of course there would be. So that's what it's all about. One of their players got hurt or, you know, you thought that they got hit a little bit too hard and you want to stand up for your friend, your teammate, Um, And that's all it's about, you know, so I, for the people that don't understand it, it's nothing too um, earth shaking or crazy. It's just the nature of being a guy of having testosterone of being competitive. You know, I, I don't, you know, I suppose they don't drop them a lot in other leagues. But for example, the NHL, that's what they do. So I think that fighting has a place. TJ she doesn't fight too often. There was a whole lot more uh, when Tom Wilson was in the lineup. And I expect there will be when he returns as well. But uh, in any event, uh, that is just kind of the story behind that. Because I hear all the time people going, why do they fight? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> all right. So after the break, we will talk about the myriad of injuries on this team and how sometimes they seem a bit insurmountable, don't they? Uh, we will talk about an article that was in Washington Hockey Now where they look at it with a more of a fine-tooth comb and a magnifying glass and a telescope, all of those things. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and eSports. We've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on Online as well. And guys, even if you don't like gambling, you could bet on one of the upcoming Capitals games like the next game against Calgary or Edmonton. It makes watching the games that much more fun. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the Trends in Action bet online where the game starts all right welcome back into this edition of locked on capitals where it is your team every day in this uh, next segment here we're going to talk about the injuries facing the capitals and how they have impacted this team this was an interesting article that i had read uh in washington hockey now where they were talking about the injuries that, that's, that's facing this team and the impact of it. The Washington Caps have been have not been immune to injuries by any means over recent years, and 22-23 has been no different. Washington has been plagued by several injuries to open the campaign. Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Carl Hagelin were ruled out to open the year, but since then, more ailments have plagued the roster. Connor Brown, who was brought, up, brought in to help fill the void on the top six, suffered a season-ending ACL injury just four games into the season after TJ Oshie and John Carlson went down with lower body ailments. And Beck Malenstein then suffered a broken finger and is out six to eight weeks. Oshie and Carlson have returned. But after that, Dmitry Orlov drew out with a lower body injury. And uh, then they talk about it a little bit more in depth. You know, we talk about this team and why they're not playing well. When you remove some of the key players, well, then it would stand to reason that they're not going to be playing as well, right? According to NHL Injury Viz, Washington has the most man game lost in the league and the second highest cap hit of injured players. Philadelphia Flyers lead with 8.74. Those injured players also average the second most minutes per night with 98.57 minutes on the bright side. Things may be starting to look up. Uh, Backstrom has been taking part in morning skates in a non-contact jersey, and he won't be back anytime soon. I know that he's taking part in these skates. It's just not going to happen. You know, unless a miracle happens, he's not going to be back until the tail end of the season or the beginning of uh, next season. So, uh, I'm glad that he's skating. He's going in the right direction. Meanwhile, Orloff has been practicing with the team in a normal a Jerry and joined them on a six-game road swing. Meanwhile, Wilson, has, uh, who has yet to skate with the team and is in, pegged for a late December, early January return based on the given timeline, has been skating on his own. And, um, you know, as I've talked about, and it's my assessment as well, is the biggest player of impact on this team that's missing right now is Tom Wilson, you know, and it's not just the glove, you know, dropping the gloves and fighting. That's part of it. That's part of what he brings to the game, that physical presence, that intimidation, you know, kind of what I talked about in the previous segment about fighting and how it has a role. Tom Wilson could write a book about it, you know, the the, the art of being physical, you know, but he's not just that he's a legitimate goal scorer last season scoring 20 plus goals. So don't, you, he can't be pigeonholed you know, into a maroon or Ryan Reeves uh, category, he is a legitimate uh, threat out there with a, with scoring that is. So, um, but we're hoping for Wilson, you know, to come back as soon as possible. That timeline has been a bit fluid as, you know, in the beginning of the season, they said around between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And now they're saying between Christmas and New Year's, which I understand is just, they're right next to each other. So, I mean, it's essentially the same thing but uh, we are hoping for these players to come back. But again, what I talked about off the top there, Orloff comes back. Let's give it some time, see how that gels, and then see what changes need to be made. Um, you know, Tom Wilson, he's not going to be back until the end of December, um, early January. You know, at that point, we're we're gonna if the c- losing continues, or say you pick up a win here and then you lose one, you win one, you lose one, you win the one, you lose one you're going to be on the bottom and then it's going to be too late. And then you're going to be talking about the draft and who you're going to be drafting and, you know, that kind of thing. So the capitals, if they're proactive right now um, and, and they kind of, you know, if they can make a blockbuster trade for one or number two, they check the waiver wire or say someone was released from a PTO, they're going to have to do something. That's what I know for sure. If the capitals want have to have any chance um, and it seems pretty remote, I guess I got to say caps fans for the Capitals to make a big push into the postseason. I'm not saying they're not going to make it to the postseason, but what I'm saying is a big push. And you know what I mean? I mean, making it past the first round. I mean, making it into the later rounds and perhaps the Stanley Cup. It just seems more remote uh, day after day as this team continues to struggle with consistency. Now, there's a lot of things that could change. They could make that blockbuster trade. It's ill-advised, but they could go make a coaching change. Something like that could be the catalyst that could turn this team around. I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to diminish it. But I'm just talking about this team as is right now in a box. It's it's not it. It's not fit for a big push into the playoffs or a Stanley Cup. That is my assessment uh, on it anyway. I just... Like I say, what I see out on the ice right now, I just, I don't see uh, a playoff contender. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition Locked on Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.